You're listening to episode 196, Journey to Optimal Health with Doug Grant. And it's fun to talk about the, the, the genetics and the SNPs, the single nu- nucleotide polymorphisms and all these different things, and uh, the telomeres that we're talking about. But in all reality, that's fun to do for a lot of us and talking about anti-aging and that. But the reality is that the high majority of the population need to get you know, built into their head. Man, make the lifestyle changes, improve your diet, start exercising, take in whole food nutrients, you know, and the level of health they'll get to by doing that will just be tremendous. This is the Dance of Life. My name is Tudor Alexander, and we are going to go on a journey to hack your mind, body, and soul for living your best life yet. Tune in every week to learn something new, grow, and get inspired as we discover the secrets of success and practice the art of fulfillment. And if it's one thing I hope you learn from today, it's that your life is a dance. And just like any dance, you can learn to dance it well. Welcome to the show, everybody. Hope you're happy, hope you're healthy and safe wherever you happen to be. Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, our chief want in life is somebody to help us do what we can. You know, how I look at that is we all want to get from point A to point B. And a big part of that, which we often take for granted, is our health. My goal in this episode is to help you get to your next point B, whatever that may be for you, with a powerful discussion on some of the main components to living and optimal health. Health is a big part of my life, especially as an athlete, as somebody who is looking to create things and do things on a regular basis. You need your health. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a parent. It doesn't matter if you're working 60 hours a week, if you're working 20 hours, if you're doing labor, if you're doing art stuff. It doesn't really matter. Your health is the fundamental pillar that connects everything else. So today we're going to have a really powerful discussion on some of the main components of how to live a healthy life so that you can take it to the next level, make some adjustments where adjustments need to be made, and maybe uh, stop doing some things that maybe you were doing that thought were okay, but they're actually harming your health. My inspiring guest is Doug Grant. Doug has a BS in nutrition and postgrad at the American College of Sports Medicine. He is founder and head formulator of Optimal Health Systems and the first nutritionist to be hired by an NBA team. He has worked with and trained thousands of doctors, professional athletes, and the public on nutrition, supplementation, and exercise programs to reach optimal health and peak performance. If you want more information about Doug or Optimal Health, you can check him out at OptimalHealthSystems.com or on Facebook, Optimal Health Systems. On Instagram, they're OHS for Life. And for anybody listening to this episode, you can get a special discounted bundle uh, for a Flora Blitz 121-day Blitz Challenge, basically to reset your whole flora in your digestive tract, if you know what that is, a probiotic. It's a very powerful, special probiotic that will help reset your system. And you can go check that out. We're going to be putting the link for this in the blog post for this episode. So this is episode 196. You can find it at danceoflife.com slash podcast. That's where all my blog posts are. And it's going to be episode 196. All the links in there, especially for this special offer, will be in there. So today, you know, guys, we're talking about journey to optimal health. And what does that mean? You know, what does it mean to be and optimal health versus just getting by. And today I want to look into a lot of very important components to good nutrition, like digestive enzymes, vitamins, you know, antioxidants. What kind of food should we be eating? Is organic, should we be eating organic? How many fruits and vegetables should we be having a day? Why is that? You know, all these things are super important because we live in a increasingly toxic environment. As you'll learn, it's not the same place it was 50, 100 years ago. I mean, that's pretty obvious from all the technology, but there's a lot of hidden things going on in our environment that has drastically affected our ability to be healthy by default. What does that mean by default? It means we have to be intentional and we have to make decisions on a daily basis and really customize or choreograph, I like to think, like a dance, choreograph the routine that you have in life, meaning what are the choices that you're making? What are you going to be eating? 
why do you eat that and versus not this? So we have to be a lot, a lot more conscientious than we normally have to be. And this is where good conversations and intentional conversations on health, on things like supplementation, on eating organic versus not, eating raw versus not, you know, should you take digestive enzymes, antioxidants, what is the role of those, all this kind of probiotics, what's the role of that, all these kind of things that, for the most part, a lot of people aren't super informed in it. You've probably heard the term probiotic, but there's a lot more to the gut microbiome and how it works and how it affects health than just taking a probiotic, especially there's different kinds of probiotics. So a lot of stuff to consider. And Doug is somebody I've known in my own personal life for over 10 years, 12 years now. We've, we've been on and off, you know, conversing on different health things. And, you know, I, it's made a huge difference in my life being conscious of health and following Doug and a lot of the material that he's put out to inspire people and to educate them and to really get down to it, to empower them to live an optimal health life. What does that mean is to really live the best possible life that you can live given your your health and, and genes. You want to be as powerful, as joyful, as grateful, as inspired as healthy as possible. So if that sounds good to you, make sure you hit the subscribe button, share it with your friends. If they're into health, if you got anybody who's wanting to get back into their health or somebody who's a health fitness geek and they like to geek out on this stuff, make sure you share it with them too. Anybody who you think will gain some value, let them know. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. Here we go. Journey to Optimal Health with Doug Grant. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. We are on a journey to optimal health, and my amazing, inspiring guest today is Doug Grant. What's up, buddy? How are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Uh, it's an honor being here. It is. It is an honor, man. I'm, I've known about you. I mean, we've kind of chatted on and off for about 15 years now. It's been crazy how time flies. We've talked a little bit off air, but you know, your journey with optimal health, the company, and and getting into nutrition. How did you get started with with all that, I mean, you were a nutritional coach for the MBA. Now you're leading a very successful supplement company. How did you get into the journey that you're on? Uh, that's a great question. You know, I think that uh, growing up, I was always one that would love sports and loved uh, anything to do with competition, but I wasn't the size that uh, a lot of the guys were. And I learned real quick that I better take every advantage I, I could uh, get to be able to perform at the highest level. And so there's always an interest of what can I do that others are not. So when it came to training and getting with different coaches and with nutrition, when I found out about nutrition going, man, this is the missing link here. And uh, sure enough, it played out that that was kind of the right concept. And uh, it, so that was, there was always that, that initial desire and that love and that for the things that are a lot of people don't focus on, but if you do focus on it, all of a sudden you get the results. And uh, so that was a great blessing to be able to be in that position uh, where a lot of people, you know, growing up, you might, they might think, well, gosh, you know, that that's, you wish you were taller. You wish you were stronger. You wish you were this. And uh, in this case, it turned out to be, to be a blessing. So I had that initial interest, but it wasn't until I started going to school and realized that, wait a second, the things I've already learned they're not teaching those principles in school on nutrition, especially in college. They're teaching these things from these books that, you know, saying a calorie is a calorie is a calorie and uh, all these things. I'm like, no, it's not like we, we know better. They're like, why are they teaching these things? And, and I was able to do some research and found out that, well, wait a second, the uh, colleges and the nutrition courses, especially registered dietitians, uh, what they're taught, they're taught the things that uh, basically are funded by, you know, Eminem, uh, Mars, Sara Lee, McDonald's, you know, all those things. And I was a part of way back in the early 90s helping expose that because I was so upset about it. And I realized that, you know what, they're, they're, we've got to stick to the basic chemistries, organic chemistries, you know, mm. uh, obeying the laws of nature and the holistic side of it. And if we obey those laws of nature, uh, and, you know, get past all of this marketing and the hype that's out there today, then we can do some good. And sure enough, it was, it was that 
that really kind of propelled me to say, you know, this is going to be my, my life's work and, and uh, ambition, and uh, it, it paid off well. And so that was, that was kind of the beginnings of it. No, that's, that's amazing. I mean, what you guys have done, especially for doctors and, and clinicians in the nation, it's been, it's been amazing. Like I said, I've, I've been connected to your products and, and story for a while, and it's made a huge, huge impact in my life because, you know, when it comes to nutrition, I think that you're, you're very spot on about education just isn't there. Like a calories, a calories, a calorie, a vitamins, a vitamins, a vitamin, you know, and I think that one of the things that people don't realize is that you have, there's a lot of considerations, right? When it comes to different types of nutrients. I mean, you have vitamins that you can get at GNC that are super cheap. They're not the same quality as, you know, something that, you know, you might get from a, a whole food situation. No, absolutely. And that is a big difference. And, you know, a lot of people will say, well, what allowed you to land the MBA contracts and, and all these when there was others out there that uh, maybe as far as a degree is concerned, were a more you know knowledgeable or maybe in a better place to land those jobs. And the truth of the matter is, is that when it comes down to it in life, it's those that perform and get the results that are sought after, not just ones that, you know, like have these names and degrees. And that was a really big lesson for me to understand because we get caught up in that sometimes and understand you just, just get out there and perform and make things happen. And when it comes to the question about, things being in the right form because people think, well, I take my vitamins and that's all they think about. In, in my case, I was able to be taught in one of my mentors, one of the first books I read that you're very familiar with as most people is Think and Grow Rich. And, mm. uh, you know, uh, I, so I formed my mastermind group. And one of those people in that group was Dr. Ken Shahani, who is the world's leading authority in probiotics. And he taught me way back in the nineties. He's like, Doug, you don't understand that, the probiotics, the microbiome determines your cravings. It determines the serotonin and the, the chemicals that your body's making for uh, happiness and for focus. And if you'll focus in on those things with these athletes and with patients and with people, you're going to get results better than others. And so I started using that from the get-go, uh, making sure the diets were full, either fermented foods or I formulated it together, you know, probiotics that actually made it past the gut, things like that. And, and so I, then I would do the same training exercise programs that a lot of other trainers did at that level. Um, <clears throat> I would teach a lot of same basic nutrition, but with the added, you know, fermented foods and the probiotics. And it was the form of the nutrient, the form of the probiotic, the form of the vitamin, and those little things different that I did that all of a sudden took these patients or these athletes in this case um, up a higher level than other people they'd worked with. And, and it's measurable because, you know, in professional sports, we measure everything. <laughs> we, mm -hmm. oh, we, we yeah. How many times they dribbled that game and everything else. And, and so it, it, it took notice. And then there was an athlete that did great. His name is Danny age. And he referred Charles Barkley and Dan Marley and some of the names that are a little bit older than most people remember, but they referred these people to me. And eventually um, it came to where the owner of the team called me and says, you're not going to um, be hired by my players anymore. And I was devastated. He says, because we're going to hire you. We want you to be the team nutritionist. And I want you to teach me about what, why is this vitamin C that you're giving uh, from foods so much better than the ascorbic acid I buy in the store. And so I, I sat there and lay it out to him and, and I drew my little picture of a circle and with lines in it, I'm like ascorbic acid is one part of vitamin C. You need the root and the bioflavonoids, the J and K factor, the only food provides. So when I make a supplement, I'm providing a whole food, not this synthetic portion. And that's the difference maker. And you know, light bulb went off in his head. He said, well, keep doing it then keep doing it. Hmm. And so, so it really is. It's those little things that make a difference that most people overlook. They, they just think, okay, I got my vitamins, I've got my food, I got my exercise, and they don't dial in on the type of food, the type of vitamins, the type of the right type of exercise. So that's, that's really how I've been blessed enough to be able to work with and now train thousands of doctors and, and have the contracts and different things like that with the professional players. It's those details. Well, and the details matter because ultimately, I mean, I think there was even some research about the if we take ascorbic acid uh, to be specific, there was something like if it's just that amount of acid that you're taking without any food components, it can actually cause inflammation in your arteries and your body somewhere. Right? There was there's some really deleterious effects that 
If yeah, you there's don't a study done in Los Angeles with 500 people, and they did that uh, the study you're referring to. And what happened was they actually saw that there was actually plaque buildup. And at that time, you know, whether that plaque buildup, but I think you're heading the right way more. It was more of an inflammatory uh, type situation, and, and it caused some um, almost scar tissue type buildup. And mm. the plaque buildup was caused from the acidity of the synthetic. Uh, vitamin C. And I think for your listeners to understand that better, all you have to do is know how you make vitamin C in the lab. So how do you make ascorbic acid that you buy in the store versus the uh, vitamin C that comes from an orange, right? What you do in the lab is you combine corn syrup with hydrochloric acid. When you combine corn syrup with hydrochloric acid, that reaction creates ascorbic acid. And that's what you buy. And so you it's think crazy. about it, wait, I'm taking in hydrochloric acid, corn syrup. I, of course, I can see how that would be bad for my arteries and everything. But because it is a sugar, a lot of people will get energy from it and they confuse energy with health. Wow. And that corn syrup is probably cheap corn syrup that's got pesticides <laughs> in it, you know, and yeah. all yeah, kinds of other there's, stuff. There's no telling. That's crazy. I mean, there's so many factors to, I mean, what does optimal health mean to you? Because to me, when I, one thing that I also notice is that people, you know, there's like when we look at, for example, the daily required amounts or the RDI or whatever their acronym is now, but it's like the, the difference between just like meeting your daily requirements and what it means to be optimally healthy and to really like be in charge of your health and not at the circumstance of certainly not the medical system here, but even just life, you know, like really taking on your life as a performance. I mean, for me, obviously I have a background in athletics and same for you, like you, you know what that's all about, but I think the average person can really benefit from shifting their perspective of what health is to optimal health. What does that, you know, what does that mean for you exactly? Well, that's a great question. And I think that um, for most people I've learned that it, the definition changes over the years. Uh, but uh, from an overall standpoint, and for me, Optimal health is being able to function at the greatest ability my body genetically uh, can and to be able to do that for as long as it can. So, for example, what I mean by that is that today with this body, what can I do to ensure that I have the most energy today, that I'm the most, um, my cognitive function is there, that I'm the most focused, that I'm able to be present and enjoy the moment, the good and the bad and uh, be able to do that freely. That's optimal health in the moment, but it, optimal health to me also means toward the future. What things are we doing and we're putting into our body that we might not be affected or feel, think we're affected in the moment, but that affect us long-term, that helps with our telomeres to increase our length, to be able to help with the ability of our body to um, not age prematurely. And so it's optimal health is those two things. In the moment, am I doing everything I can to be able to enjoy the moment at its, its greatest uh, ability, you know, and mm-hmm. then also in the future? No, that's, that's great. I mean, in my own life, I noticed like if I, if I slack on the nutrition end of it, because it's the one thing that, you know, like there's a lot of stuff out there when it comes to mindset and personal growth and let's say, you know, people who are especially listening to this podcast, they're interested in personal growth, interested in creating a life they love, all this kind of stuff. And I think ultimately one thing that we don't talk about enough is the impact of health and nutrition on, let's say, whatever, realizing your vision, realizing your goals in life, because I think it's so overly dependent. If you look at mainstream culture, it's so overly dependent on motivation, on willpower, (laughs) on mindset. You know, it's like, dude, first off, your brain consumes most of the energy in your body. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a powerhouse of an organ. So if you have crappy nutrition, if you're not feeding yourself, if you're not taking your omega-3s, if you're not giving your body the fuel to do, or like, you know, we talked about probiotics and there's so much research on, it's just crazy how much they control. You know, some people even hypothesize that it's like, that's like the real brain and then evolved, you know, the body and the brain to like find it food, but how much they control our impulses. So it's like, if you have that stuff out of balance, you could try to motivate yourself all day long. I mean, I know when I'm sick or I'm not, you know, in, in a very like good, healthy state, all the stuff I've learned about being productive and gratitude and everything else, like it just goes out the window, you know? Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of truth to that. you know, I think that the better 
most people don't get to that point of awareness without something drastic happening to them. And that's the sad part is that usually it takes a major uh, event happening to them or a loved one for they're like, my gosh, this really is critical. I mean, I remember hearing uh, a talk a while back from a very famous person that died from a liver disease. And he said, I'd give up my billions, um, all of them for an extra hour. And, uh, you know, if you'd have came to that realization uh, beforehand, you know, it's a good chance he'd still be around or else he'd have been around a little bit longer. And uh, it is, I think you hit it right on the nose there that uh, the realization of how important our health is and our movement. And a lot of times we, an important part to me is that many times we think that as we age, that we should accept certain things uh, to be true, that I should be hurting, I should be doing that. And it is a balance between your body will age. You know, we, we will uh, at most right now live to be 110. You know, that's the best we know that we can do based on the genetic, um, the profiling of the, of the, the genetic uh, uh, markers that we have recently. But in all reality, besides this, the aging of actual just age to the body and the look and all those types of things, and that we are fast twitch muscles start to go away. We're able to keep, you know, the strong, the muscles to make us strong are slow twitch. We should be able to keep all the way to, to the end. So there are some things we have to accept, but there's many that we accept because it's happening all over the norm that we shouldn't, we shouldn't accept low energy. We shouldn't accept um, the, the aches and the pains always and those types of things. We shouldn't accept that our body changes as far as body fat percentage and all that stuff. That's, that, that is just a, a thing that's, that's out there that people say, well, look, everyone else is doing it, so it must be okay. It must be what should happen. And it isn't what mm-hmm. should happen. And so, yeah, you're right. It's, 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 it's that balance. You know, I read a book recently uh, called Why We Age and Why We Don't Have To. It was a really, really interesting book. A lot of research on epigenetics and how basically it seems that a lot of the the things that we experience as aging, I mean, it was pretty complicated, so I'm probably going to butcher the explanation I learned, but it's basically a lot of these epigenetic changes in real time, the body's trying to manage, you know, basically the damage. And so it's like kind of scratching the, the CD, you know, but the information in our genes still stays like if you cloned yourself at 80, that information is digital. It's, it's, you know, it's perfect in a sense, but then it's, there's also the epigenetic changes that, they're happening. And so now they're discovering all these pathways like the sirtuin pathways and things like this to try to stimulate them into being, you know, a little more productive for aging. Do you think that like, let's say, I don't know, in the next 10, 20 years, 30 years, like what's the, what does the outlook look like for aging? Because I agree. I mean, aging, there's no program for death. You know, we, we've, we've kind of bought into that, but really maybe that's, maybe aging is the one disease that exists and everything else is just a symptom of aging, you know? So do, what do you, what do you think about the future of, of aging and of supplements and things? Are, are we able to turn the clock back or at least slow it down a lot? <laughs> and, and that's a really good question because we right now do not have the technology and nor do I see the technology in the next decade to actually stop the aging process using what we know now from CRISPR and everything out in the, the genes. What I think the, the whole thing with CRISPR and the, the genetic uh, profiling is allowing us to do in the future, go up, go forward five, 10 years is the ability uh, for those that choose to use it to help with the creation of new life and what that looks like and whether it's right or wrong, not to get into the moral side of it, but the ability, you know, the technology there to uh, determine everything from the eye color to the health, to, you know, the muscle and all that stuff that that technology is there. In fact, it's been tried. It's just right now it's not perfected. And so it increases a higher risk of cancer. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I think that, I think they will, I think they'll get that figured out. Um, but, as far as the question of the anti-age or turning back the clock, I believe that almost every single person can turn back the clock and our ability to come up with the nutrients and the tools to do that even better will, um, will, will actually impress everyone of what we're going to be able to do in the next uh, few years. But the reason we can turn back the clock is because we have aged prematurely. Okay, so if we hadn't aged prematurely, we wouldn't be able to turn back the clock. We do not know a way to take human blood and be able to have it 
uh, provide what's needed for more than 110 years. A body will age. That's a way that whatever who you believe created has created the body. Mm -hmm. As long as we have blood as we know it, we will age. Mm -hmm. Um, But because we age prematurely, I think that we are going to find more ways. And there's ways that we do right now that people aren't choosing to follow. So how much people follow it, we'll see. But right now, we know we can reverse the clock tremendously. We have the the research that you're familiar with on telomeres. We have research on oxidation in the body. We have a lot of things, markers that we can say, look, if you eat more plant-based, if you consume more true phytonutrients, if you do these things to increase circulation in the body and work on a stress-free life, then you actually are going to be able to live healthier longer. And um, you are in essence turning back the clock. And so, but that ability and that information that we're gleaning right now in the research uh, to do that even more moving forward the next five, 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. That we'll be able to get it to where it should be. What do you think about antioxidants? Cause you know, we're talking about anti, anti-aging antioxidants have been quite the rage, especially in the last like 10, 15 years. And I mean, I take a lot of antioxidants, the resveratrol and all that stuff. And certainly I've, one of those neurotic people that gets their genes sequenced and you know, <laughs> all the, all the different did the methylation stuff. And so, you know, there's definitely justification for it, but at the same time, one problem I've had is like evaluating because for everything that you do, ultimately one, one belief I've had, at least in, in my approach to health is if it can't be measured, it can't be changed right? mm-hmm. at least to some degree. So Obviously, you can be neurotic about that too and get measurements that don't really matter so much. But at the same time, like how do you, what do you think of antioxidants and how do you evaluate their effectiveness? Because a lot of the tests that I've looked into, like you can look into like whatever dehydrogenase or something for DNA. I forget the long word that it's for, but you know, there's, they're very expensive tests and there's not really much way to evaluate their impact of, of free radicals, you know, so how we know that's a problem, you know, we know that the body creates free radicals that it also needs free radicals for the things it's doing. So there's a healthy balance between having them and, and also, you know, having some antioxidant power. Mm -hmm. We know that the body's main antioxidant are the most powerful. So, you know, what's your, what's your take on all that? (laughs) <laughs> that's a loaded question yeah um, so let's, <laughs> let's let's back just a little bit for your listeners there's um, something called reactive oxygen species ros and the that's the technical term for it the simple term is it's much like when outside we see a piece of metal rusting it's oxidizing and it's reactive and so that it'll expand it's reactive oxygen species and so those types of things happen within the body. It's truly almost identical to what we're, we're seeing out there in the rusting. And it's because of molecules that are not paired. They're not paired as, as, as a world and as a universe. Everything should be in pairs. Mm. And you can go Dance about it. Life. <laughs> yeah, organic chemistry, you can go about it however you want. It's, it's, it's undeniable. And so... Um, when there's a molecule, either by choice, in other words, it is a molecule that's needed for some oxidation that's a part of life, whether in the body or outside the body, so whether it's created by nature, um, or it's one that's created because of a chemical interaction, a toxins, pollution, smog, things like that. There's many things that cause these uh, free radicals. So a molecule that has one less electron than it should have. It's not stable. And so we have these things that come to us every time we eat, breathe, or drink into our body, and, and, and the creator knew it. And so our body has our, its own antioxidants to, to balance, to neutralize these reactive oxygen species, to basically add that extra molecule in to satisfy it. And so basically the way to look at it is an antioxidant is a molecule that has an extra electron, but it's not a part of its normal grid. It's not one that if it gives it away, it now becomes a free radical. It's like an extra one with it. It's like tagging along. And um, I'm really simplifying this, but it's one of the best ways to understand it. Working with professional athletes, if we don't take it to the kindergarten level, they don't get it, right? (laughs) Hey, there's a quote by Einstein says, if you can't explain it to a six-year-old, then you don't know it well enough. So (laughs) That's a great point. That's That's a great point. It is. And so I think he learned that because no one understood him at first. But yeah. <laughs> so we have this, this, these things called antioxidants that have this extra 
uh, molecule that we'll be able to neutralize. And so our body does make them. Superoxide dismutase, one of the main ones, my favorite of the body that makes. And then also there are foods in nature and uh, lots of berries, fruits, vegetables, uh, things dark in color for the most part have extra of these electrons or molecules with them that they're antioxidants. So vitamins A, vitamin C, vitamin E, you know, things from uh, foods that have a lot of them in them, the dark orange, the dark purple, the dark green type fruits and vegetables. And so we consume those and they take care of the free radicals. And in a normal life, we don't have a lot of toxins, smog, pollution, or stress. And we eat a ton of vegetables, berries, and those types of things. And now we have balance and our body doesn't oxidize. But what's happening is a reverse. We have too mm -hmm. much stress. We have too many toxins. We have too many pollutions. It's all those free radicals. And we don't consume enough fruits, vegetables, berries, to the point of we're consuming barely over one serving a day and we should at a minimum have 10 of, of fruits and vegetables. So um, therein lies the problem. So we're oxidizing. I hope that the listeners can see that. We're oxidizing faster than we're supposed to. So we have to add back those. And what you're talking about are markers to determine that. How much oxidation is happening in the body? You know, all these new tests that are out there, really what do they mean? What can we do about them? The answers are all, most of them are new. And it's hard to... Uh, doctors call me all the time and they're like, Doug, you know, should we start doing telomere testing? Should we start doing these different testings for hydrogenase and all this stuff in the body? I'm like, hey, they're exciting and I love them, but I can't give you a system to use to do that testing and then objectively give, you know, improve their diet in these supplements and then retest. Because um, a lot of them now are to a point where it depends on when you, you do the test and everything else and they're very sensitive. And mm. what I mean by that is, we know now that I can go and run a, um, a test on you, an inflammatory test, do a blood work, C-reactive protein or something like that. And we've got it down because it's been done long enough that you can go in the morning at night, you can go after you ate, we don't care, we can take your blood and we can get the parameter. And then we mm -hmm. can make changes in your lifestyle. You can take anti-inflammatory enzymes, you can just clean up your life, you can lower the inflammation and we can go back and test and we can see that. Mm -hmm. But with these new tests that are out there, there's so many parameters and variables, unless it's in a lab setting under strict guidance, um, just to have the public do it or doctors recommend it or you and I just go out and get it done and say, okay, now I'm going to take these vitamins and I'm going to retest and expect a difference. It doesn't always happen that way. Yet there's not enough um, work done on those tests that will take in the, the parameters needed uh, to be able to give us objective results and say, yes, great job. You took vitamin C, it helped. You took, you know, that type of thing. So I know that's a little discouraging for a lot of people out there, but the bottom line is until you're consuming 10 to 15 servings a day of vegetables and berries, if you don't want to eat full fruits and that, then why are we even talking about this? It's the bottom line is you're going to be oxidizing faster than you're supposed to and, and trying to get rid of the things that are creating the free radicals. Are you, or way uh, move away from places that have a lot of smog. You live in a rural area versus a city or whatever it might be. And I know some people can't control that, but the, everything you can do to control um, the intake of free radicals, we should be doing and realizing then, okay, I mean, I'm running optimally. I'm doing everything I can. Let's find out a few extra little things and take it up a notch. I'm all about that. Like, like you are, you know, it's all uh, in the details. And if you can't measure it, uh, you know, how do you fix it? But there's so many things that we have measurements of that people don't listen to. They yeah. don't listen to reducing their risk of heart disease by just breathing better, by taking the basic nutrients, exercising and those things. And I think we need to really focus in on that. And it's fun to talk about the, the, the genetics and the SNPs, the single nu nucleotide polymorphisms and all these different things, uh, the telomeres that we're talking about. But in all reality, that's fun to do for a lot of us and talking about anti-aging and that, but the reality is is that the high majority of the population need to get you know built into their head. Man, make the lifestyle changes, improve your diet, start exercising, take in whole food nutrients, you know, and and the level of health they'll get to by doing that will just be tremendous. How how do you in, integrate? I mean. I completely agree because with the, with the servings, let's say the servings of fruits and vegetables, especially today, we have on top of the fact that you need that just for basic oxidation and mitigating, you know, the damage that normal wear and tear does. I think today in most cities, you're going to be exposed to a lot more toxins than what our body evolved to. We're going to be exposed to a lot more stress. 
the nutrients in most food is a lot more devoid. The soil's full of pesticides and chemicals and it's just not the same food it was 50, 60, 100 years ago. So if anything, our demand for these fruits and vegetables, nutritious, you know, clean fruits and vegetables is much higher. How do you, if somebody's busy, you know, let's say they're working two jobs or whatever. And it's like, okay, I'm trying to be healthy, but like, there's no freaking way I can get to meal planning my, my fruits and vegetables. Like how do you balance that and still, uh, you know, shoot for that optimal state? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great question. It's a, and it's a real question, right? You know, it's, it's a daily grind that everyone goes through. Everything's oh. great in theory, right? Consume 10, 12 servings of fruits and vegetables and then life hits you. So, that there's really threefold answer to that. Number one is ultimate situations. You have the chance to use, eat organic fruits and vegetables and eat minimum of 10 servings a day, right? Number one. Two is a lot of times that's tough. And even here, because we live in a rural area and not uh, organic, fruits and vegetables aren't always as available. And uh, so what do you do? Mm. Um, and so the second answer is any fruits and vegetables are better than no fruits and vegetables. And I really want to emphasize that point. Cause a lot of people say, Oh, but it's been sprayed or whatever, wash it. The fact of the matter is, is that innately in nature, fruits and vegetables and anything in the plant world have their own mechanism to protect themselves and they are doing their job and you're still going to get benefit. Are you going to get as much benefit? Absolutely not. But you're going to get benefit from it. You're going to get whole foods, fruits and vegetables from that. You know, do your job to wash them more if you're not organic in that. But the bottom line is, the second thing is, if you can't get them organic, number one, just get your fruits and vegetables and your berries. Okay? Any way you can, get them. And I know that some people have called me on that, but the research is very clear on that, that you do benefit from them. And then the third is, let's say that that's not possible or you're in a situation where you're needing additional help with it. Um, that was a situation we came across. And so we took a lot of the, the highest antioxidant fruits and vegetables and berries and, and herbs from around the world and uh, put them together in a raw state, freeze-dried them without any type of heat and be able to put them in a powder so that you were able to take that. Instead, we call it fruit and veggie powder. But is it what the first thing you should do? No. First thing you should do is the organic fruits and vegetables. We can't eat conventional fruits and vegetables. And then if you're not getting your 10 to 12 servings a day, would something like the fruit and veggie powder be it? Absolutely. Because in it's extremely high potency formula. And um, it really came about because if you look at, at, the, at the world and you look at, at how it was created, um, the creator and its, you know, and its wisdom decided that, look, depending on where people are living around this earth, there are needs for different antioxidants because of the stressors or the oxidation, the reactive oxygen species that evolve in those areas. Mm. And so the fruits and vegetables that are grown in different areas or naturally are in different areas around the world are specific and they're different. They're different forms of antioxidant, right? You have the polyphenols, you have, you have all these different forms. And so what's happened is we took a look at it and said, my gosh, there's these different areas. And like for us, we live in Arizona, okay? And so our climate's much like Egypt or Jerusalem and those types of areas. Well, the same antioxidant foods that grow here naturally grow there. So pomegranates, which is one of the great antioxidant foods, right? We have tomatoes that grow. You, you can't mess those up. I don't have a green thumb and I can't mess up tomatoes, plants here in Arizona, things like that. And so each area, you go into the tropics, you know, why in the world do they have mangoes? Why do they have the coconut to help protect the skin and the UV rays and everything like that? And so we took a look at the different areas around the world and seeing what were the highest antioxidant uh, fruits, vegetables, and berries that were, were in those areas by the crater, combine them all together, and that's why we have the fruit and veggie powder so that people can benefit from it. But it's not a replacement. Hmm. It's a supplement too. And uh, do I take it every day? Absolutely. But um, I do it to supplement uh, my eating and my lifestyle. When, when people eat, you know, another thing that you kind of brought up, especially now that I'm thinking about the quantity of food that we have to ingest. And also the flip side of that, usually the kind of crap that people put in their body instead of the, let's say you can't afford the organic, you know, usually we go to the easiest thing, which is cheap white bread or cheap starches. You know, they're very low quality and uh, nutrient devoid. It's like there's a tax that happens 
on your body. And, and one of the things that it brings up is the need for proper digestion because ultimately when, when you put nutrients or even food into your body, supplements, whatever, it, you can't assume that all of that is just suddenly magically going to go where it needs to go. Like the body, especially as you have a lot of toxins and, you know, we age, we eat processed foods, we're getting, you know, uh, older in, in a sense, in, in the sense of biologically, those things start to wear down and your ability to process what you put into your body becomes less efficient. So what, what strategies do we have to affect that as we get older? That's a great question because I think that there might be some confusion from my previous comment and you really segue well into this, that when I say it's okay, it's better to eat conventional foods versus nothing at all. Like if you can't get the organic, I'm talking about raw foods. Yeah. Raw foods, foods that if you left them out, they would rot because they, they have natural enzymes in them. But anytime you process food and cook food, you destroy the enzymes, the ability for that, that food to digest itself and deliver the nutrients to the body. So when you're talking about white bread, you're talking about most things in boxes, things like that, anything that's processed. Those foods, you definitely are some you want to stay completely away from uh, because uh, there are a lot of foods that are either too hard to digest, they have too many toxins in them, um, and, and then uh, together – or the fact of the matter is, is that the molecule themselves, the, the, the structure themselves is um, damaging to the body. So in that situation, what do we do? We want to look at foods that are as close to the natural state as possible. So let's go to your bread analogy. There's no uh, white flour plant, but there is wheat, <laughs> right? So, so would it be a better choice to have wheat bread if you're going to have bread versus white bread, absolutely. And multi-grains, even better type thing. Or if it's firm, if it is, I'd sprouted. call it fermented bread, sprouted bread, right? Like Ezekiel or something. That's even a greater level up. Absolutely with it. So what are we saying? We're saying food is its closest uh, state to nature is always better. And the more you mm -hmm. get away from that, the more damage that's caused to the body. And so even the healthiest, so let's take a steel cut oatmeal or something like that, that too many people can't argue about that, you know, this is a pretty nutritious, nutrient dense food. And we take it, well, it's still been processed. Uh, most of the time people will warm it up or heat it. And so there's no chance that there are enzymes in it that would naturally be in a raw food to help digest it. So even a healthier food, that's where you basically, it's not even supplementing um, tutor, what it is, is really being responsible and adding back. You're saying, look, I chose to not eat that food raw or it didn't come to me raw. And so basically you're choosing to take the enzymes that would naturally digest that food for you and take the pressure off the body. You're choosing to take them out. So what you need to do is to make the choice to add them back. And it's a very, it's a very basics and, you know, deep core understanding when it comes to nutrition is a food actually does not benefit the body unless it's completely broken down at the cellular level. Mm. So enzymes, if you add plant enzymes back to the food that you chose to take out because you ate it processed, you ate it cooked, you're choosing to add back the ability to digest the food. And just doing that in itself is probably one of the greatest things you can do for your health because it ensures that the food you ate is broken down to the cell level. Even if that food isn't the healthiest food in the world, you want it broken down because then the body's natural processes of eliminating and separating the good from the bad and the toxins and that we have that. We have liver, we have the kidneys, we have the filtration system. If it's broken down all the way, if it's not broken down all the way, then we have problems because again, the bloodstream and it's too big of an antigen to the body to deal with, uh, too harmful. The body can't take it through the normal process and that's when all heck breaks loose. That's when we have autoimmune disease. The body starts attacking itself. We have all these problems. So mm. I'm a huge fan of eating raw food. And when you don't add back the enzymes, it's probably the number one nutrition supplement rule that we teach. Mm. Actually, I have two questions because now I'm really curious. With the raw food, let's, let me ask you about this first. So with raw food, I mean, obviously there's so many benefits to it. But one of the things that I've always questioned is – there's also a lot of anti-nutrients that plants have, obviously like, you know, oxalates and, and phytates and all these chemicals, you know, basically that if, if you're eating them raw, it's, it's not the beneficial thing for your body. So how do you, how do you balance that? You know, like how, like for example, kale, if you're eating it that, you know, raw, it's a lot harder to digest 
than if it was slightly steamed, you know, but obviously you lose some of the enzymes too. So how do you balance that? I mean, you, you, you obviously, if you are really into this stuff, you can get pretty neurotic about your choices. So it's like, <laughs> do I, do I eat it, you know, steamed today because I don't want the, you know, anti-nutrients so I can get kidney stones later because I read the research or do I eat it raw because I want the enzyme? So it's, you know, <laughs> well, the fact is, is that um, I guess however you're getting it, then it, you know, that's the yeah. You're trying to keep it simple because the bottom line is, look, if it, if it's devoid of the nutrients or the enzymes, add them back. But the thing about natural plants and that is that they do have their own ability to fight off disease and to, to counter different things that are going on. That's why I'm a big fan of always consuming uh, raw foods, uh, pretty much no matter what. But when it comes to the enzymes, it's critical to know that you need to use plant enzymes because a lot of the things that you're concerned about and that, that come up, um, the plant enzymes and natural plant enzymes organically innately know what to do and they only act on the food substrates as they should. If we give the body animal enzymes, in other words, we, and they're very popular, they're called, they're called pancreatic enzymes. If you go to buy an enzyme supplement and it says pancreatic on them, that means they went to a slaughterhouse, found a dead cow, sucked the enzymes out of the pancreas and that's what you're taking. That's basically it. Mm. And, but they're not selective. The, the, those enzymes are not selective and you have, it, you can have issues with that. And so I'm a big fan of obeying the laws of nature. There are things we don't know and we have to respect nature and try to add back when we're eating foods or we're even making supplements to respect that natural state. And that's the big difference with us because we're not pharmaceutical based. We're food based and that, that separates it. Yeah, I was going to say that you kind of jumped into my second question, which was certain things that you take, like, for example, glutathione, you know, if you take a glutathione supplement that can impact your body's own ability to produce it because it's, it's sensing, oh, okay, I've got glutathione, I don't need to make it or whatever, you know, so with enzymes, yeah, I'm not convinced of this, but I have read that there's a danger of, okay, you might become dependent on them because your body's producing less if you're taking them, like what? You know, what's that all about? That's a good question. And there's a lot of concern and it should be because it's like testosterone. You know, if I go on and I take synthetic testosterone, TRT treatments, whatever it might be, then absolutely your body's going to quit producing what testosterone it is. If you're already low, it's going to be lower. You're dependent for life. Hmm. That's a t I'm not a fan of that approach. And the same thing holds true with animal enzymes. If I give the body animal enzymes, the body will be like, man, I don't need to keep producing those on my own. We have the synthetic outside source, but plant enzymes, your body was meant to bring food in with enzymes. Your body was meant to eat raw food that has enzymes. Your body doesn't quit producing its own. It just takes the pressure off of the body so that the enzymes it does create, it can continue to create for a lifetime. And so it's a whole different dynamic. And that's another one, that, and I appreciate you bringing it up. It's one of the huge reasons why we only use plant enzymes and we'll never use cheaper you know uh, animal enzymes that can cause that dependency and i've had one person say well doug i went off of the digestion enzymes the plant enzymes and um you know i felt bad when i ate so i'm dependent on it well guess what you felt bad before you went on the enzymes and you might have got used to it kind of like a person that smokes the first times they cough and then after a while they get used to it still causing the damage and because they were in a place of indigestion before they took the enzymes, now all of a sudden they, they don't have indigestion. They're taking the enzyme, they feel better. So when they go off of the enzymes, they're like, oh my gosh, I, I must be dependent on them. Well, are you still eating cooked food? If you would go off the enzymes and you're eating raw food, there would be no difference. But you're still eating cooked food. So of course, your body works better and you feel better when you take the enzymes when you eat cooked food. It doesn't mean you're dependent on them. It means that you're choosing to understand that when you eat cooked and processed food, you, you have this problem. You lose energy. You don't feel good. And when, until you feel the, the, the better side of that, many times you think it's the norm. So you do not get dependent um, from a chemical or cellular structure standpoint on plant enzymes like you do on animal enzymes or testosterone, things like that. Wow, man, that's so interesting. Like, it just makes me think of so, you know, when we, there's so many things going on in the body, you know, there's just so many things going on. And it's like, I feel like we're barely, even today with all the technology we have, we're barely scratching the surface and you hear 
all these different fads like keto and, you know, whatever, all these intermittent fasting and stuff like that. And some of it's useful, some of it's not. And I think that it's very easy to like with this coronavirus, I mean, right now we're talking, there's all this coronavirus crazy stuff and it's just panic, man. Like it's just, the news is spreading like crazy. I think a lot of it is because people are misinformed. And uh, one of the things, you know, we're talking about antioxidants. One of the other things that you see a lot that's trendy and like this is, is the whole alkalinity thing. And you got to drink alkaline water and, you know, you got to be alkaline. And there's, there's like science to that, but I think how it's being misinterpreted like with alkaline water, I, I don't drink alkaline water because I think that the pH of the water in my stomach doesn't help my digestion. So, you know, what's, you know, with minerals, I know that you take minerals to basically become more alkaline and you eat raw foods and you eat, you know, alkaline foods to help your body stay in that alkaline state. Um, but what, what is the impact like of alkalinity on, on our life, I guess, you know? Well, that's a good question. You know, alkalinity is important. There's no doubt that we live in an acid environment and um, the acidity is a inflammatory marker. We used to say an aging marker, but it's an inflammatory marker, which then causes it to age prematurely. And so I am a big fan of that, but I really think that this details, again, I, <laughs> I had someone trying to convince me that we should buy this Kanga water. Some, some oh, yeah, those are expensive, man. They're like six and, grand. And I'm like, really? And they said, what'd you eat today for lunch? Well, we had a burger and a fries. And I'm like, oh, okay. So basically, you're worried about these little details to help keep the body alkaline versus the big thing that you could do because you should be more alkaline. But good heavens, if you eat meat less often and really boost up your vegetables and fruit content, you're going to become a lot more alkaline than just switching the water from seven to six to eight to, you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, again, I... I tell people, quit getting caught up in the details when you have the macro things that you should be doing in your life. Once you got the macros mm-hmm. under control, I, I love talking like this and getting into detail and have fun with a lot of these fringe things that are important once you're to a high level. Yeah. And, and I think that I'll close with a couple things here, if you don't mind. <clears throat> um, and that is one, that if you really want to understand the importance of the basics, you need to worry about your diet. You got to be able to understand you should eat more raw foods, stay away from as much uh, meat. You don't have to be vegan or anything like that, but lower it because it is acidic and you need to be more alkaline. Start exercising a minimum of, of twice a, a week with, with weights and those basic, basic, basic things that you need. They're so critical because if you look at any sport today, and I think we talked before about it a little bit, is my work in the NBA, one of the first things I was amazed at was from a small town and I love basketball. I wanted to play at that level and, you know, wasn't, it wasn't even close to that good. And so the first day I'm in the NBA and I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch and see what's going on so I can teach my kids, you know, and I'm all excited to learn all this stuff. And the pros come out on the floor and they have their own practice court and they all come in and they're like, okay, everyone, get a ball, start dribbling, right hand, left Basics. hand. Basics. Yeah. Layups. I'm like, layups? What are you doing layups? I had to do layups at three years old, you know, and, and it was the basics and it's Mm -hmm. always the basics, always the basics. And if you get away from that, all of the crazy plays, because they were running the triangle offense at the time and stuff and, and things that I'm like, I was confused and all this real high end stuff. None of that mattered. This fun stuff at the edge that might make the difference when everyone's Mm -hmm. at the same level none of that mattered if they couldn't dribble and remember the basics. And so we get so caught up in these things when we could take a look at what did we eat? Did we prepare to eat healthy today? Did we Mm. plan it? Did we do the basics that are going to make it so that we can get to that high level? So then we can have discussions with more of the people that are there. Hey, well, you know, what does your telomeres tell you today? What is this? You know, we can have fun with it, that Mm. type thing. So Anyway, so that's number one. I hope that helps people understand the basics of basics of basics. And you can't get confused with all the diets out there today. Look, consume more vegetables. Any diet you're on, I don't care if you're a keto diet, a paleo diet, someone like me that's more plant-based, um, whether you're vegan, whatever you are, guess what? We all agree on one thing, vegetables. They're in every diet, right? So eat more vegetables. And then from there, you can take it a little bit further uh, as far as, from the vegetables to be able to say, okay, you know, do I go to incorporate greens, grains, fruits, things like that, nuts, go ahead and, and go where you want with that. 
But the bottom line is follow the basics and go from there. And that's, that's one of the, the key factors. And um, the other one, and I apologize today for this, but it's because of this subject that we're, um, I'm having to go here in a minute, the coronavirus. Let me maybe share something with you that might, might uh, give some additional information because you can go on Facebook, Instagram, CNN, Fox News, um, you know, everywhere right now, and they're all telling you about the coronavirus. There's nothing that, that I can do to like, oh, wow, this is something new type thing. <clears throat> so I'll try to share something with you that's a little bit different. We do, we have a lot of people that do research. I, that's one of my favorite things is do research. And we have a person here that's been with me uh, for over a decade that does a lot of research. And um, he was researching here a few days ago on this coronavirus. And it's like, wait a second, we're, we're not able to get into these websites from these other countries to see what they're doing to treat this. And what, what are they doing in China? What are they doing in Japan? What are they doing in Korea? And these sites are being blocked. And he's like, I don't get this. I can't even get on it. We're, I don't know who's blocking it. We won't go into conspiracy theory. We'll just go into they're being blocked. Hmm. And so uh, luckily his wife is from China and knows Mandarin really well. And so she said, let me try. So she goes on in Chinese and getting on the Chinese websites and reading them and saying, oh, here, I pulled up all this stuff. And um, so we wrote a blog on it. And uh, you, can, you can look at it right now. We don't know how long it's going to be allowed to, be stay, to stay up. But <laughs> wow. basically, here's the gist of it. The gist of it is this, is that in China, the government is actually creating and making as much vitamin C as they can because they have found, and this is them, not, not, I'm not saying this, is that they have found that that is the number one treatment for the coronavirus is vitamin C. And now, will they maybe going about it the wrong way by if it's ascorbic acid? You know, we'll see. But, but, but bottom line is that they know that vitamin C is what they feel, based on the research and everything they were going through, is a treatment for the coronavirus. And they, I mean, you can go on the, the website and look at the blog and maybe you can share it with, your, with the people listening. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. There you go. Put it in there for them. You'll see in their actual pictures that were from some of the Chinese websites showing the actual, you know, 18 wheelers full of vitamin C that the government's trying to get out. Wow. To That's insane. And, um, but they're, they're using these things as treatments when in America, if I told you that um, you have coronavirus and to cure it, go take vitamin C, um, then I'd be in deep trouble, right? We can't mm. say that. All we can say is vitamin C is good for the immune system, good for health, and the research is strong on it. I personally would take it to help right now to build, build my immune system. And if I had it, I would hope that the research that shows that you can cut the span duration of the flu, right, by taking vitamin C, it would hold true for the coronavirus flu. And uh, that's all we could say. But look at what these other countries are doing. Mm. They're flat out saying, what's the most important thing we can do Dad, gonna get vitamin C levels. Get up, get the foods and those things that have vitamin C in them, and get high, get going with it. Now, you know, am I curious about that? Because do I think if there's a few other antioxidants, maybe that are probiotics that could be just as good, if not better? Sure, but but I'm just reporting what it says. And in that article, in that blog article on coronavirus, um, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing as to what you'll read and what you'll see is going on that might give you some uh, tidbits of what you should do if you're interested in protecting yourself uh, from it. So uh, right. I want to check it out as, as, uh, as long as, as you can. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I'll link it in the show notes. All right. Final question for you, buddy. What are you most grateful for today before you head off? Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's <laughs> Put you on the spot here. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I really appreciate that. I love those types of questions. Um, you know, the truthfully it changes day to day because I think that we need to give thought to that day and, and think of others uh, of what they bring to your life. And, uh, you know, right now, today, I think that, I apologize because it has to be two answers. You know, it, it's family and health right now because um, the family of, of being able to have that together, I'm blessed to have most of my family around me. And um, with health, because we're seeing people struggle right now. And a lot of the struggle, uh, Twitter, is um, fear. It's pandemonium struggle. It's not yeah. even like they have a problem. It's a fear-based and and that's a time that I think communities and families and groups come together. And uh, it, it can be something that we use as a stepping stone, much like me not being the best at sports was a stepping stone. And I think that we can take it and run with it. So yeah, those two things for today.
All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Doug on optimal health. You know, if you're a seasoned veteran in the realm of health or if just a newbie getting started and wanting to make some intentional decisions about your health. Either way, I hope this episode inspired you with at least one thing, a couple tools, one thing that you can take action on. And if you're a health nut like me, at least it's been a good review of the basics. You know, so many important things. Like I didn't realize we had 10 fruits and ser- 10 servings of fruits and vegetables we had to take every day uh, before I talked to Doug. I mean, I knew it was up there, uh, but I, I didn't know that that was kind of the number. And it makes sense. You know, like we said, that we're living in a different environment with different demands. Than, than it was many years ago, 50, 100 years ago. But look, age is just a number, guys. Wherever you happen to be, if you're younger, if you're medium age, if you're older age, doesn't matter. Age is just a number. How you react to your environment, the kind of decisions you make about what you put in your body, all these things will determine the quality of your life. And I've seen so many people on the spectrum of, you know, I've seen people in their 80s that are inspiring, full of life, energy, doing creative stuff at the peak of their career. You know, I've seen people in their 60s and 50s and 40s even that don't take care of themselves. And it's a very, very different story. So it's all about living that optimal health and and having a wide swath approach to your health through all the different elements like probiotics, vitamins, enzymes, making sure you're eating healthy and organic. As many things, as many in the checklist as you can possibly check off, that's the key. And optimal health. Uh, systems, the company that Doug started, you know, many, many years ago has done a great job of educating people on a regular basis. You can check out their site, optimalhealthsystems.com for a regular health blog on, you know, they're very research-based. That's one thing I love about what Doug does is everything is research-based. They have some of the top physicians in the world working with them to create and formulate products and all these things. So I've personally used Optimal Health for over 15 years and I trust all their products. They're amazing. So go check them out. I'm not going to get a commission if you buy anything from them. I'm just recommending them because they really made a huge difference in my life. They're quality, quality products. Uh, and you can check out all this information on the blog post for this episode. Like I said, if you're listening, you get a special discounted bundle on the Flora Blitz 100, the 21-day Flora Challenge for the probiotic reset in your colon. All that stuff is going to be linked in the blog post for this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you share if you found this useful. Share it with your friends. You know, anybody who's looking to get back in their health, share it with them. You never know the difference. If it gives them one action that they can take today, that's going to make a difference in somebody's life, and you help to make that happen. And let's not forget Ralph Waldo Emerson. Our chief want in life is somebody to help us do what we can. Whatever that next step is for you right now, today, your health will always be a factor. Remember that. So take care of yourself. Remember, it's all about the basics that you do over and over again. And it's about being consistent. No matter where you are in life, if you're rich, you're poor, you're successful, you're not successful, doesn't matter. It, it really comes down to health. If you have health, you have more than a lot of people do today. So take care of yourself and make consistent decisions to invest in your health. And I wish you a long and healthy life ahead, achieving your dreams, achieving everything that you want, that you believe is possible for yourself and be healthy, stay healthy and be in optimal health. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Tune in on Tuesday for a little Transformation Tuesday. And next Friday, we're going to be starting a three-part 10x series is a special little series that I put together uh, on body, mind, and soul. As you guys know, those are kind of the three themes I'm really hitting hard this year, especially because it's so important to have all three. Today we talked about physical health, but you know the other two are also important: mental health and spiritual fulfillment, health, and all that stuff. So we're going to be starting a special series next week. And what's special about this? First off, it's going to be full of challenges. So at least you do one challenge and see if you can you know, up-level your health or mental health or spiritual health in some way in the next month. But the goal with this also, we're leading up, we're at one episode 196 right now. We're going to be leading up to episode 200 pretty soon. It's going to be a 200th episode anniversary. So I'm pretty stoked about that. So I wanted to give out some cool prizes to anybody listening. If you're still listening, kudos to you. So you're going to learn about this firsthand. 
So basically, I'm going to give out some prize about $1,000 worth of stuff that I've created, or you can do some virtual coffee with me to answer any of your questions, help you with anything, whatever else I can contribute to your life. So I'm going to give out some of those to a couple people. And the way to enter them is to actually take these challenges. So make sure you tune in next Friday. We're going to start this series and we're going to start with the body. So you have 10 things in there I'm going to give you action on. You just pick one and you do the challenge. You basically try to implement in your life for at least for a week or two. And then you document it. You tag me and you like the Facebook page. And that way I know you entered and then I'll enter you in the draw for this. And then I'll call out all the winners on the 200th episode anniversary and then we'll get in touch so it's pretty easy it's fun and really at the end of the day it's really about helping you take it to the next level in some way even if it's just a little bit some new change some new habit that's made a difference in your life that's what it's all about so make sure you tune in next friday we're gonna be starting that every friday for three fridays uh, body mind and soul 10x challenge i'm super excited to share that with you guys hope you have an amazing rest of your day and until next time remember your life is a dance so go out there and dance it well For more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.